Alright guys, welcome to episode 76 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week we talk about Halloween, we talk about U Season 3, Ghost Protocol, uh, talk about uh, the secrets of the zoo in North Carolina and how, mm-hmm. you know, the fucking head guy must be a fucking genius. <laughs> um, we talk about Drake's best album to date, mm-hmm. uh, being, uh, turning uh, 10 years old, and then, you know, we uh, do a quick touch on some... Uh, NFL stories that just popped up over the past week. But first. Use. We'll start with uh, what we've been watching, mm-hmm. and um, I'll start this one off and just say that I watched uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Yeah, um, that thing is solid. That mm-hmm. movie's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I might have watched it actually like a week and a half ago, so I, I'm not super brushed up on it. But mm-hmm. um, the scene with the uh, where he's climbing out uh, up the outside of the building and then setting up the the rooms and they're playing chicken where they're like, have they met before? I don't know. Like you're just going to wing it and hope they haven't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that that scene is so cleverly done because then like you have to, they basically have to be like, all right, what floor are you on? What floor are they on? You got to go up, you got to go down. We're on the, this floor, but we were like two rooms over, you know, and they got to change the number and stuff. And I remember not being like this. I mean, I was, I remember thinking it makes sense, but it could have easily been very confusing. Right. Like keep track of everything. Yeah, for sure. They do a good job of explain, like telling you what they're doing and then not like having to go through all the... Like, they have control of the elevators and they're just rearranging all the numbers on one floor. You know what I mean? And it's like, we could we yeah. could go in and like how... We could have a bunch of problems here and how intricate this needs to be. Mm-hmm. But like, we give you the basics and we'll just let you guys figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which works pretty well. Um, I believe... This one is the one where very early on they're like in a Russian, yeah, they're in like the Russian embassy. That's how the whole thing yeah. starts, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I remember so little about this movie other than, for example, I remembered him climbing up the outside of the building. But like, for some reason, one of the things where I was like, oh, I have seen this movie because I remember this is when they're they're moving the screen. Yes, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, God, what's his name? The actor. Simon, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg, like, puts his face in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah. And he has to, like, <laughs> shove him out of the way at the last second. I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's one of the things I love about this one is, you know, compared to most spy movies or even ones that are later on, which actually, now that I think about it, don't really have that many gadgets. But anyway, the, all the gadgets in this one, they all fail, like, the whole way through, right? Like, right. that camera starts fucking up and, like, it starts doing it wrong. And then the gloves start, like, they, they come, become undone as he's climbing, right? Right. And I forget, and I think there's, like, one more thing. Maybe, the, like, the number scratcher is all fucked up, too. So, like, all of the gadgets that they have, they all fail at some point, And they have to, like, improvise on the spot. Right. And and I think, I think one thing that's done super well is, like... They show that, like, in a situation like this, there are a million 
little problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it's almost exactly the opposite of, you know, like a, a an Oceans movie, right? Which is, like, they'll find, like, a big problem, and it will throw the whole plan off course. But, like, they don't really talk about the fact that, like, we're fixing a bunch of tiny problems as we go, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Simon Pegg puts his face in front of the camera, almost fucks the whole thing up, and it's just, like, a simple, like... He just has to shove him out of the way at the last second. It's like, that could have ended this whole mission. Like, like yes. this small fuck-up could have ruined the whole thing. But, like, because we're so well-trained, like, we make sure it works all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, yeah. And it's just a nice little thing. Like, it, it, I don't know. I'd, I haven't watched a whole lot of James Bond movies, which I've mentioned before. But, like, I feel like James Bond, a lot of things just kind of go the way they're supposed to. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, yes, I'm a secret agent and I'm tricking all these people, blah, blah, blah. Whereas this is like, shit's constantly going wrong and they're just overcoming all these hurdles. Which I feel like would have to be more realistic. You know what I mean? Like, more true to what probably goes on in these kinds of situations. Yeah. Yeah, and and even, you know, another another example of the little fix is when, you know, he runs out of rope and he's like, shit, I'm going to have to jump in. And he, like, jumps (laughs) and then, like, he grabs him by like, uh, Jeremy Brenner grabs him by like the foot, and then like Paula Patton like barely squeezes onto him, and it's like this long chain of people. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, those like moments are so cool. And and the, it, I'm trying to think if it's right there. Uh, someone says like you're gonna have to jump. He's like no yeah. shit. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's it right there. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, because I think I forget who it was who was talking about. I think it was J- it was J.J. Abrams. He was talking about, you know, pro- I think, no, he's a producer in this one still, but the director's Brad Bird, but he was talking about when he was uh, making Star Trek, the remake. And he's, I remember listening to the commentary about that one. And he has a lot of little insights about like doing these moments in movies that people kind of remember. And he's like, you know, I, he's like, when I make, like to make movies that are PG-13, I like to make sure that my characters, they don't. Not that they don't cuss, but they don't they don't cuss or they don't like go like hell, damn, fuck, whatever. Um, except in like moments that are like boom, like a period, like iconic. And he talks right. about how Indiana Jones, I think he says something like that. He's like in the the Last Crusade or maybe Raiders of the Lost Ark. Somebody says something to him, and up to that point he hasn't said anything, but then he says like, yeah, no shit, or like, are you kidding? Are you like are you bullshitting or something like that? He's like bullshit. And then in Star Trek nine, you know, two thousand nine, when. Kirk, I think, doesn't say anything like that. And then Leonard Nimoy shows up as old Spock. And he's like, let me show you. He's like, I'm the, I'm the old Spock. And he just goes, bullshit. And the scene cuts. And he's like, that's why I wanted to keep that in there. And I feel like that was probably his influence here. We're like, I don't think we'd heard Ethan Hunt say any kind of cussing or any kind of like things like that. And then he says, you know, no shit. It's such a great period and right. a nice little moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, that movie, it's just a great movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to watch five and six, especially six, since you you have it at the top of your list. Yes, um, yes, I I think it's great. I, I wish there was a way for me to like be like, all right, Tyler, to rip it, wrap it up. I bought you one ticket for the IMAX screening of <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout. Drive, you know, two hours or drive an hour to the High Point Regal. I'd fucking um, do it. <laughs> I wish that was so cool. I, I wish there was like a, an IMAX theater that did that. Like you know, every Saturday in like the first showing. Movies. Do old movies, yeah. Because I, I remember so vividly, you know, I, I go for the big ones these days every now and then. But, you know, the, the, the ones that are in theaters now, they're in IMAX, but they're CGI movies, right? Right. Like Dune or Shang-Chi or what other one have I seen recently? Even Black Widow has a good bit of, 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 um, of uh, CGI. Mm-hmm. But they also use the IMAX 
thing a lot. So what happens usually is is an IMAX so IMAX movies or uh, the cameras are very heavy and they make a lot of noise, and so they don't use them often in movies. They only use right. them for action sequences. Um, but then, so what happens is you're watching the movie and it's like a drama and it's like a huge screen, but then like, there's like black and white bars at the top, kind of like at home. Mm -hmm. And then when an action scene's about to start, the whole screen it's expands and the image just gets a little bit crisper and you go, Oh shit, here we go. Here we go. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, and that's what happened with this one is I remember I went to see it, um, when it came out and like the whole movie's just like the two bars, you know, the whole movie, like the first hour, you know, nothing, right. You go, Oh, I mean, it's big and it sounds nice. And then when he gets to the building he's like all right i'm gonna have to fucking jump and they like cut the cut the window and then there's a shot that's like behind his back uh -huh. the screen expands the, the music drops and you just hear the wind you just hear the all around you and then like he like steps out and like the camera goes like over his shoulder and like looks like all the way down dude that's like one of those like holy shit moments right right I remember so vividly going to see, um, but these days I feel like movies use so much CGI that there's, I mean, no matter how good it looks, it doesn't look like the real thing. And right. you know, they actually filmed on the building. And so the, when you see it, you're like, that's they're there, right? That is the giant ass building. Mm -hmm. um, and so these days when you have something like Shang-Chi at, you know, um, or even Dune, like I said, you know, has a lot of CG, uh, it's the screen expands, but you're like, well, it, like it just looks bigger, but there's not, there's not that, that, thing that grabs you like the dark knight is another one that had that effect um fallout the mission impossible fallout had that effect on me where like when the screen ex screen expands there's like the, the crispness just like you go that's real they're, they're they're there right yeah right yeah but, and, 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 yeah it's it, it, being physically there adds so much to the location yes, or to yeah. the shot yeah yeah, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I, I'm trying to think of other things in it. Um, I kind of remember how I was talking last week about how they never brought back Maggie Q. I yeah. mean, it's not a spoiler, but they don't ever bring back Paula Patton, and I thought she was yeah. awesome. So that's two movies where I think they should bring back the side characters uh, because I think they're awesome and, and they add a lot. Um, the thing that's interesting is, um, you know, um, Jeremy Renner. I think we had talked before about how he was supposed to take over in this one, right? Have, have we no, talked about that? Not. So around this time, so in two, we know how we talked about, you know, there was this Tom giant gap. Yeah. Exactly, there was a giant gap from 2006 to 2011 where they didn't, you know, make any Mission Impossible movies. And so around, and then so then in 2009, The Hurt Locker comes out, wins, you know, Best Picture, Best Director. It's you know, it's it's a huge commercial uh, critical hit, but not very commercial hit so it just kind of right. makes like the bare minimum of an oscar movie and so jeremy renner was in it and so at that point okay. everybody's like well cast jeremy renner, renner in everything that's how he ends up being hawkeye that's how he ends up being in the born legacy the shitty born one where right. he took over the born movies and then he was supposed to take over for this one so the reason he's in this one, and he's like sort of, if you watch the trailer, he's pretty much played kind of like an equal to Tom Cruise. Yeah. So I think that the, th the plan was supposed to be that he, Tom Cruise was going to come in, then Jeremy Renner, and this was going to be the movie that sort of like eased Tom Cruise out of the series and made Jeremy Renner like the guy. Right. And so I think somewhere along the way, people were like, I guess when they were making it, they were like, are you crazy? Like Tom Cruise is, is just like better objectively than Jeremy Renner. And so they kind of just like kept him, but then... They made him Tom Cruise still the star of this one, and then in the next one they just kept Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. So they kind of scrapped those plans of making Jeremy Renner the next like lead to these. It's movies. crazy too because I don't have 
Hmm. I always wonder, like, sometimes do do performances of actors just kind of feed into themselves in terms of, like, if an actor has, like, two great performances in a row, do we now just kind of, like, assume the next one's great and maybe you overlook some flaws? You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, we're just like, oh, yeah, he's great and everything he does is great and so, like, we just kind of keep it moving. But, like, yeah. to me... Tom Cruise is like the opposite of that because I think I don't remember liking War of the or not War of the Worlds yeah War of the Worlds right that's Tom Cruise correct yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah, yeah I don't I didn't I wasn't crazy about that one I had never seen any of the Mission Impossible movies I couldn't I'd never seen Top Gun like I had no predisposition to Tom Cruise other than to know. He went off the fucking rails, right? That's like the most I knew about Tom Cruise before watching these Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he went crazy for a hot minute there, um, and apparently he has an adopted son that everyone thinks is also his biological son. Um, yeah, that that's one that I learned about recently on Twitter. <laughs> me but too. Yeah. and I was like, oh shit, that does look just like him. Um, <laughs> but uh, to me, Tom Cruise is almost the opposite, which is that like I. I I'm just not, he's a Scientologist. They seem kind of, to me, like, I I, I yes. just, like, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, John Travolta, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, you guys are kind of weird. Like, we have the whole episode of Tom Cruise being super weird. And I watch these movies, and I'm all fucking in. So, like, clearly there's some, I, I can't put my finger on it because I'm not, uh... I don't know. I just don't know how to break it down. You know what I mean? But, like, right. I watch him play this. I'm like, God, he's fucking killing it. You know what I mean? Like- yes. And he's so good. And, and that's the thing is that, um, like, and, and especially in this this one, the next one, and the last one, I think I was talking to you about how it's such a one-to-one to Chris Evans' Captain America where there's this, like, certain, like, you can, you can explain why RDJ's Iron Man is cool, right? He's, right. like, confident, and he's, like, funny, and he's got the quips, and he's good-looking, and he, like, he's, like, a good leader, blah, 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 right? Like, it's, it's right. very easy to put your finger on it and say, this is why. Where I feel like something like Chris Evans in, as Captain America or Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt is a lot more... It's it's subtle in its simplicity. It's just so... Oh. It's simple in, like, what he is that it just clicks, right? Whereas Captain America has a 100% potential to just come off as a corny, hammy, just like... Yes, ugh. yes. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? And, and, yeah, because we talked about it last year when we were talking about J.J. Uh, Watt, right, yeah, I think. Exactly. Yeah. I, probably, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, Jesus. Like, it... It, it, if it's not done well, it'll just be terrible. Yes. And it's like that same level, kind of what you're saying there is like that. There's not really a whole lot to for reason for this to work, right? And and especially because we saw it not work in Mission Impossible too, right? You know, what I mean? mm-hmm. like, and they're like, all right, like I just feel like you know, Mission Impossible one was good. Two was a misstep. Three was being like, all right, two was a misstep. Let's not do that again. And then I feel like. Based on what I've seen from four and what I've heard about five and six, like mm. I feel like they're really just like kind of narrowing in on like what makes these movies and furthermore this character work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And they're just tightening it, tightening it, tightening it down. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see in the next two. But, uh, yeah, but definitely, that, definitely. That's what I've been watching. Um, uh, go ahead, uh, start with the next one of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go ahead and uh, knock these two out since they're sort of similar, and I don't, I don't, and one of them I don't really have much to say, and, and they were okay. both sort of like the, um, 
the vestigial t- uh, tail end of Halloween and uh, spooky season. But uh, the first okay. one, so on uh, Halloween itself, like Halloween, the actual day, I watched, uh, I went to the Alamo um, and we went to see the Alamo Theater, the one here that shows old movies. Yep. We went to see uh, Halloween. So like the 1978 one with Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Um, and so I think you said you never seen these before, right? Correct. Yeah. So I had, but I had seen it like in middle school, but I was also kind of like, I remember some scene, like I remember watching it, but also it's kind of one of those movies where like its reputation precedes it and that you imagine this horrifying, terrifying thing. You can't like even look at it because it's so scary. And I remember putting it on and being kind of like, this is kind of boring. Like nothing really happens. I mean, in middle school and then I just kind of like peripherally watched it and then that right. was the last time and then i watched the kill count before i watched the 2018 version and then i rewatch and then uh that was it i didn't rewatch it because i knew i had tickets for this one um and so watching it it's it's kind of amazing how just it's 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 the simplest thing you can imagine and it's right. kind of like how you and i were talking about dune a couple or last week yeah last week uh, about how it and it's just because people w- have ripped it off so many times it like you watch and you're like, oh, that's the thing from that thing, or like, wow, this is actually kind of basic. Like, where where's the the the, the pizzazz? And you go, well, when it came out, that this was, was the, the whole pizzazz. thing was the fucking pizzazz. <laughs> exactly, it's like when it came out, that this was the thing, right? And so this thing put the pizza in pizzazz. Like, it's, yeah. it's all of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's so it's very it's very simple. It's so simple. It is still pretty like like chilly. Like there's like great the, the the music, dude, is so fucking good. And I remember, I think I mentioned it when I reviewed when I, we were talking about Halloween Kills about how you know a couple years ago or even when I watched this one the first time, I thought the music was a little dated because mm-hmm. it's like that techno like didn't didn't yeah and it's like but then now I listen to it I'm like this fucking just kicks so much ass, dude. It's so good. <laughs> it is such a great horror score. Um. And so, you know, it, but it's also very simple. Like the kills, there's only like four people like die. Like only like four, I think, die. And, the, and, and literally none of them are bloody whatsoever. And they're, I think you could, other than like some boobs, this in like some cussing, this is PG-13 violence. Right. Um, There is, and also the, the, the I was surprised by how, quick and kind of like sudden the kills are i think you know when i was talking about malignant or uh, i think halloween kills is that the best parts or my favorite part of horror movies is, is the kill like right is like when it happens but the best part or the, the, the big scare of the sequence but for me the best parts are like that lead up right like right. the girl's in the room she hears a sound and she like looks around doesn't see anything right she gets up looks under the bed and there's like squeeze the camera moves slowly like it's like this building of anticipation because you know it's coming right it just builds mm-hmm. and builds she steps outside she like goes to handle the door and the door jiggles up before her a little music spike oh, oh, oh right oh, oh. right like and then eventually like she like opens the door Looks left, looks right. There's nothing in there. She closes the door, and it's behind her. Right? That's like exactly. that's a sequence, right? Yeah. And that that sort of building is what gets you in there, right? You grip your seat ever so you know tighter and tighter as the movie goes on, and then there's the release. That's what makes a good horror movie. And this actually has kind of none of it. So like you know, the girl will be like, "Oh, hmm, I gotta go drive to my boyfriend's. Well, let me go down the car. Hmm, car door's locked. Oh, strange. Let me go back house. Okay." Here's the keys. All right, let me go back to the car. All right, ooh, let me get in the car. Huh. It's kind of it's kind of muggy in here. 
bam, Michael, Michael Myers kills her from the back of the seat. It's like, right. And so, like, I guess back then it's like, a, oh, my God. But now it's kind of like, that kind of came out of nowhere. And there's really no, like, thing, right? Um, But it truly is. It's one of those things where, like, they just, they got supremely lucky designing Michael Myers because the design is so it's so creepily perfect like it's so good it's, it's so simple. weird because it doesn't do anything like having not seen any of the movies I've mm-hmm. always thought Michael Myers is like the dumbest looking villain like but I, I think yeah I think I think if you watch it if you like see it in context you're like that it's just it's just this this you just hear the breathing the whole time and you right. just see this man chasing you with like this mask and like in like if, and they always film him at least early on in the movie from a distance so you like look and she like you see her point of view and there's just this man like this white face like in the, in the far distance just staring right. and then anytime you, you see it from his perspective you always hear <sighs> right <sighs> and and you know it's what's funny? so creepy is I think in my head, I'm right. I, I literally just said like, it just looks like the dumbest thing. I don't know if you remember me talking about Returnal, but easily the creepiest part of that whole fucking game was there's an astronaut, and every time you see it from far away, it's just fucking standing there looking at you, and anytime mm-hmm. it's close, you just fucking hear it breathing. So like yes. clearly, <laughs> this yeah, had probably... to be the inspiration. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's so interesting. Like that, the movie. So you know, the movie ends where they shoot him and he falls over a balcony and then the doctor's like she's like oh my god did you kill the boogeyman and he's like i think i did and he like goes out to the balcony and he looks and he's gone oh my god and then the movie ends with like that's how the movie ends but then you see like shots from the house that he they were just in and you just hear him breathing over the over the the shots and it's just like just like simple creepy stuff so like in terms of you you can see why something was scary. Kind of like if you watch Jaws now, you're like, oh yeah, I can see why it scares me. It probably doesn't scare you now, right. but you can see why, and then you can see sort of why it's stuck. And then, but then also you can be like, I've seen better examples. You you can see where 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 this genre is going to go. Right. Same thing. Listening to like some old some old school rap stuff where you're like, I yes, can yeah. see the mm-hmm. progression, and it's yeah. like, I don't think it's good now, but I can tell this is obviously in its time, better than other stuff that's around and why this seemed to be the predominant style that took hold. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, I need to... I, need to uh, I probably need to watch it. Whenever the there's a... Hold on. So, there's been three, if we discount all the weird ones in the middle now, right? Mm-hmm. There's been the original 1978, there's been yeah. the remake, and then there's now been a sequel, and there's a pending fourth one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So whenever that fourth yeah. one's about to come out, I'll probably end up watching them. Yeah, I, th- I think, and having well, so having watched Halloween Kills, rewatched the kill count for Halloween 2018, and then I watched 78. It, they they do make sense as one, right? Like okay. it, it is so easy to just cut out the rest of the bullshit. You can literally just hop over all that crap. And then maybe just if you want to go back and watch the kill counts for like the Jamie Lee Curtis remakes they made in like yeah. the 90s, but like it, you don't miss anything or Busta Rhymes, <laughs> but you don't have to. But I, uh, so, yeah. I'm a completionist up until the point where like the work itself doesn't give a shit about the stuff anymore. Yeah, dude, if that yeah, makes you don't sense. Have to. Like, like if if a game, like uh, I'm trying to think of an example. I can't really off the top of my head, but just like if a movie or a game or uh, you know what's a good example is um, anime because we've mentioned before about how there will be like 
moments where like the anime catches up to the manga and then it like mm. because they have to wait for the manga to tell them what happens basically they just have to start making a bunch of episodes that don't have anything to do with like what was in the manga at all they're just mm. like they're like self-contained one-shot episodes of just like here's some stuff to so we can keep giving you the show but like we don't actually know what's supposed to happen yet so, like, I have no problem skipping those in anime. And it's because at some point, like, the show has basically been like, none of that shit matters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. even the source material was like, all that shit's fake. Like, that shit came out of nowhere. And so, like, me, even as a completionist, I'm like, well, if the show doesn't give a shit, then I shouldn't. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, exactly, exactly. And I feel like that's that's kind of how you can see the Halloween movies. Like, you right. can just cut out the rest of the bullshit and then just, like, watch the ones that, at least these that, you know, give a shit or that keep everything nice and tidy. Right. All right, and uh, what's the other thing you watched? Because you said you were going to yeah. mention two. Yeah, yeah. And so the other one was uh, You Season Three. It uh, dropped okay. on Netflix at the start of October, um, and Sydney and I were able to, you know, watch all of it and, and you know, uh, I guess enjoy it. I guess, uh, <laughs> but it was good. It, it, it was solid. I, I think I, 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 people were like, "Is it better than Season Two? Is it like really good? Like, what would you rate it?" And I think the, these. Uh, have you seen You at all, or, I have or not heard seen of it? Any or? of them. I will say. Just based on my knowledge of what this show is, mm-hmm. I feel like these kind of shows, after a couple seasons maybe, mm-hmm. like, they just start to go downhill. And there's nothing you can do. I, yeah. I just feel like at some point you just, like, retreading the same ground too much and it's like, yes. alright, now we're getting old. <laughs> yes, yes. And that was, a, I, you know, I've, I've talked to a few people who also finished it and a few of them did have that critique about it. That it's like, alright, well, they, you know, he can't keep really getting away with it without going bad. Or like, you <laughs> he know, can't what, without... getting away with it. <laughs> he can't. Right? And so Breaking Bad, like, was able to, I mean, it's not the same, but it, it's the same sort of structure of like, you know, you have this guy that's breaking the law, like, eventually, unless you have supremely talented writers like Breaking Bad did, you're going to start running stale. And even they, you know, ended after five seasons because they were like, you know, we can't, you know, this isn't fucking supernatural, right? Like, right. there's only so many up. more, like, bigger drug dealers we can run into, you know? Right, right, exactly. And so, um, and so for this one, the, the thing that I, so, two things. So, like, one, I think this is the, this is the... I'm gonna say this is the Ferrari. This is the Lamborghini of uh, junk food trash TV. You know how we were talking about shows like uh, The Flight Attendant and I forget what other one where they they feel like prestige TV, like something like Mayor of Easttown or I May Destroy You, but they're not. Um, This is like the best you can get. It is just so good because. You, it's just so good because it's like you're watching it and it's entertaining, but you're like, this is kind of bullshit. This is all bullshit. <laughs> so that's right. one. And then two, I think the the thing that they've been able to do in all three seasons, season one taking place in New York, season two taking place in LA, and then this one taking place in the suburbs. And I think like around San Francisco, like that sort of Northern California is that they keep it fresh by putting in just enough like black comedy and social satire of the people there. Right. right. Where like all everybody he meets in LA wants to be an actor and they're all like vapid. And then everybody he meets in the suburbs is like bored, but they have this front facing thing where they're all like this, the happiest people on earth. Right. right. And then in New York, it's like, they're all just, they appear to be nice, but they're all assholes. So it's like the, the Every season has just enough of a little spice that keeps me interested. I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty good. Uh, I guess a parody of the area, satire of the area. 
Um, and all the actors are pretty good too. Um, Penn Badgley as the, the Joe, the the main sociopath, is is really good. And I think I talked about here before about how at this point, anytime he goes into his little monologues, internal monologues about you know being a sociopath and stalking these girls, I just fucking crack up just because it's so fucking ridiculous. Right. Like this girl will be like, "Hey Joe, here's a piece of paper," and then it'll go monologue and be like, "Are you?" flirting with me this is what's meant, this was meant to be you, you you gave me this piece of paper i mean we could always sign another piece of paper and be married for life and spend the rest of our lives together because you you complete me and it's just like a girl he just met like that's his thing he becomes obsessed with these women that just hook him and then he just like becomes madly in love with them when he's like goes fucking nuts um so i'd say if it's it's an entertaining show. I I don't know if I would say now at this point that it would be worth going back and starting from the start just because it is it is a 10 episode an hour long. So basically if you were wanted to catch up before season 4, which already was announced, um I don't know if it's worth it because it's like you got to watch 30 hours like it's like it's a pretty big chunk. But right. if and you also and then also there's a chance that we start to get to the <laughs> like like you catch up just to watch season 4, season 4 some cheeks, you're like Ugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, I would say if you watch season one, if you're, like, I get out start two, I think it's worth it. Two is pretty good. There's, like, enough twists there. Same thing with three. It's entertaining. If you finish two, I would say definitely check out three. But I would say if you hadn't even started it, probably, you know, there's better stuff to watch. Um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think, like I said, the main complaint I've heard from people who've also watched it is that, you know, it's like, hey, like, all right, well, you kind of, it wraps it up. Season three gets wrapped up, but it's like, it looks like Forge is going to be more of the same. And so I've talked talked to them and I've said, well, you know, as it, I, I would be fine if they were like, the fourth season is the last one. The right. fifth season, we'll do this one and then one final one. I think if any more than five and even I might be like, all right, guys, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. Um, but they still got me. I enjoyed it. Sidney and I had a great time and, and we're excited for season four. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think. There's that. Uh, the one show that I like remember watching and even as it was going on, I was like, well, hold on. Like this shit's getting out of hand is Dexter. Dexter. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. I was watching that live, but I remember thinking like whatever season I think has John Lithgow. Like after that one, I was like, all right. Like, Oh yes. Yes. I, th- like, I think you want like an Emmy for that. Yeah. Cause I, always, I, I, I didn't watch it, but I sort of heard the same thing where it's like, once he was, I think he was the, uh, the Trinity Killer. It's like once he was out of there, they were, like it just kind of like yeah. I was like, all fuck, right, man, what are we doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> like and the thing is, there's like overarching plot points that are like like character related, and they're still unfinished. It's like mm. y'all motherfuckers got to wrap this shit up. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is they didn't, and they fucking fumbled it. Like I didn't watch it to the end, but anybody I know that's watched then is like. No, it's just a travesty. Like it's it's a shame they ruined that fucking show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like what's his name? Um, fuck, what's his name? Are y'all finished? Y'all done? Oh, you're yeah, done. Y'all finished? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. And well, you know it's coming back. They got it on Showtime. Yeah. Doing like a reboot or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Tony Romo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. I guess uh, Michael C. Hall wants another house or something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's just an example I could come up off the top of my head where I was like, all right, this shit's gone on too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but that's, uh, yeah, that's Halloween and you season three on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. All right. The two things I'm going to touch on super quick. Um, uh, the other thing I've been watching, uh, Secrets of the Zoo, North Carolina. That shit is on Disney Plus streaming. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's about the MC Zoo. Shows like kind of behind the scenes, them dealing with the animals and stuff like that. It's actually really cool. It's really well done. Um, the one thing that's like weird that I like my favorite part of it, right? If I had to like try and pick a thing, because obviously they have like storylines with some of the animals and like mm-hmm. whatever. To me, like the the coolest part of this show is watching the logistics of like. All right, two things. One, there is a head vet. He is the like head vet of mm-hmm. the whole fucking zoo. He is the dude. Lions, bears, turtles, penguins, bats. He's the guy. And that shit's insane to me. <laughs> you got to like know all of them. Right. Like one Jesus. woman called one like so he the very first maybe not the first one but like the first one i saw he's like um like messing with a bear and then like two episodes later some woman's like hey uh this turtle has some pits in its shell just wondering if you can come look at it and see how he's doing and he like comes over to the turtle he like looks he's like oh these don't look too deep i'm gonna swab this and test it for blah 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 i'm like bro there's got to be some animal here where you're just phoning it in, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's got to be an animal here, right? Like, you're, you're like, lions, I'm good. Bears, good. Elephants, good. When that bitch called you over to look at the turtle, there some part of you was like, shit, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? Like, fuck, I don't, man, I don't know. Look, he's, he's, the, the turtle's like 120 years old. But fuck, man, I don't know. He's 120 years old. Something's wrong with him, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, shit, I mean, I don't know. Like, can you just leave it like a hermit crab and go get another show? It's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> so, like, first of all, that's just crazy to me. In and yeah. of itself, to just be the guy. It's like, any animal here, I have to have an answer. Um, yeah. And then two, uh, the other thing is, like, the logistics of dealing with these animals right because like maybe this is something that you and i are both kind of numb to uh a little bit which is that Mm -hmm. like we were born in ashboro well sorry we grew up in ashboro the zoo's here yeah for school field trips all the fucking time (laughs) yes yes we went to the zoo so, like, right. we're so used to seeing these giant animals just at the fucking zoo. And you're like, yeah, dog, like, lions, yeah, they live at the zoo. I got it. Like, <laughs> like when I think of a lion, I think of a lion at the zoo before I think of a lion in the wild. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm like, yeah, they're just in the zoo. But, like, they're, like, the vet's like, hey, we have to put this lion under to just do, like, a basic check- checkup. Because what the fuck are we going to do in there with a the lion? You can't just... The way the vet walks up to my dog and he's like, hey, how's he doing? Like, you can't fucking do that with the lion. <laughs> the lion is just going to maul your shit. So it's like, we have to put the lion under just for a basic check. And then for the lion, like, they had to do, I can't remember what they had to do. They had to transport uh, a lion. And they transported it, right? So they have a lion under, like, gone under asleep on a stretcher in an ambulance. And, like... They're like, this is really fucking stressful because if at any point this lion wakes up and we're stuck in an ambulance with it, it's curtains. Like, this shit's bad. <laughs> and so they go, they work on the lion, they get him going, they bring him back. And the problem is, is that, like, they're like, when we're done, by the time we're getting done, the anesthesia is wearing off. Like, it's, that's the point, you know what I mean? The lion has to come too. But, like, right. that, like every time we work on this lion... As we are getting him back to where he needs to go, like, 
it's 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 stressful. Like Mission right. Impossible music is fucking like, it's like diffusing a bomb. It's like for real. Like they're riding back within the ambulance, and it's like eyes are starting to move, and they're like, oh fuck. <laughs> uh, and, and they're doing the uh, how does Mero say that they're doing the uh, the anime thing? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing. And the other thing is, so they get the lion back in the cage, and, like, he's like, hey, like, even though it's starting to wake up from anesthesia, we're still having to use this, like, breathing apparatus for it to breathe. And mm-hmm. so they basically just leave one guy in the cage with the lion, and the moment he thinks the lion has, like, come to enough to, like, continue breathing on its own, like, it's still clearly groggy, and it's not, like, getting up and running. But, like, he just has to watch that lion wake up and be like, nope, and just pull the fucking tube out and, like, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and so, to me, the, it's just the logistics of all of it, right? Because, to me, I'm numb to it. It's like, yeah, they're just at the fucking zoo. They live at the zoo. Everything's cool. But, like, right. another one is the polar bear. The polar bear, the vet says, like, the polar bear recognizes me. So, it can't see me or else it's just going to leave. Like, we have it in this area. The trainer can get it close to the the fence, but if it sees the vet while it's close to the fence, it'll just fucking walk away and never come back. Because it's like, nah, bro, I know you're going to fuck with me. I know you're going to, like, sit here and, like, needle and probe me. Like, I'm not coming over here. So, the the trainer gets it close to the fence, and he literally, like, some of the other animals, he'll they'll get him close to the fence, and he'll just kind of, like, walk up and then, like, give it a syringe to put it under through the fence, right? Like, it's a very not um, dramatic way of doing it. For the polar bear, he's literally like, yeah, I have to use this trank gun. Like, I have to wait for him to not see me and sneak around the corner and fucking trank dart him. Like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's that's fucking wild. And then he's like, polar. the polar bear's like, what is it? The polar bear's so ignorant. It's like 10 feet tall, 700 pounds. Like, it's just like this massive fucking animal. You're just like... Fingers crossed this thing doesn't try and fuck me up. Like, every it's like time. the... What is it? It's like if it's... What? It's like if it's brown... Oh, if it's black, get back. If it's brown, get down like curl up or something like that. It's like, there's like a oh, saying, yeah. if it's white, you know, good, say goodnight. Because it's like, it's going to fucking kill you. Yeah, so I didn't realize this. Polar bears are the biggest. Of all the bears. It's like, it's like, and I think like most land mammals, it's like other than, I guess, like elephants and shit, but they're like, yeah, no, polar bears are just fucking huge. So like they're easily the biggest. And I remember unrelated. I remember reading like a, a thing that like grizzly bears can go up to like 45 miles an hour. And you're like, what the, what the fuck? Like it's because I saw a video of a, it's a, it was on Reddit and it was a guy driving a car and he's looking out of his side view mirror and he's on like a four lane road. So he's probably not going like 25, right? You know what I mean? He's probably going like 45, 50. And this fucking bear is just sprinting alongside of him. Like, and I was like, God damn, like (laughs) bears are so aggressive. Like you just assume a bear is a lumbering, slow oaf of a thing. And it's like, nah, bro. Like when they decide they're going to kill you, it's a wrap. Like they're, they're fast as shit too. Um, but anyways, back to that show. Um, that's the coolest part of the show for me. Like, they have a million bats in this cave. And I was like, how the fuck do you even tell any two bats apart? That's like, oh, we like color code the bracelets and blah, blah, blah. It's all about, for me, like, just like how even a zoo could ever operate. Like, you start to become, like, you start to become aware of how ridiculous the idea of a zoo even is. Right? Like, 
Right. Like, how the... Because you're like... <laughs> right, because it's like, oh, it, it cater to... It's like, it would be like it, you know, if you have a farm, it's a cater to, you know, horses, cows, okay. Now, imagine catering to, like, every kind of animal... Not every, but, like, you know, a, a fucking wide variety of animal... Like needs, right? High cycles, you know, medicines, and yeah, it's and it's even like just a... the deal, like dealing with all of them. Like each yeah. one of these has people dealing with them, right? Like yeah. if I saw an alligator, the first thing I'm doing is be like, "Yo, fuck that! I'm not going over there." But like, there are people at the zoo that are working, and they have to walk up, and they're like the alligator people, and they're just like, "Yeah, man, I just hold this stick here in front of the alligator. He knows what's up. We're chill." I'm like, how do you have that much faith? Like, any mm-hmm. alligator in any mode just fucking snatch you and start rolling, and it's, you're done. Like, what the fuck? And so, like, you hear, they tell people not to own, like, small, like, wild cats, right? Like, like little yeah. cougars. They're yeah. Like, no, don't own those, because when they go haywire, they're going to kill you. And then the zoo's like, yeah, we'll just grab that, and a lion, and a rhino, and a hippopotamus. And, like, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like how are we doing all this without all of them just leaving the zoo and murdering everybody right like at any point in time any of these animals i just feel like should be able to get out and they don't so um that's the coolest part of that um the last thing i was going to touch on is three ring circus i'll just cut that mm-hmm. super short which is say it's the book i've been reading about the lakers um boy uh so based on the foreword of the the book, um, mm-hmm. the book came out. I'm pretty sure after Kobe's passing, and I think uh, the author had the foresight to realize that, uh, you know, the contents of the book could be construed as a some sort of attack on Kobe's character, and, mm-hmm. he, and he goes through in the foreword and you know leaves like these you know tremendous words, and you know it's all it, it's well written and everything um but man uh reading about it man kobe just seems like a fucking dickhead bro like (laughs) (laughs) like rest in peace but like everything you read it's just like yo this dude is just a giant fucking asshole like he's (laughs) he's an asshole he's like not cool he's like just weird and an asshole and nobody like like nobody likes him like there are people, Rick Fox is on that team. And Rick Fox mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I kind of like bonded with Kobe because we both lived in lived abroad. And we both spoke Italian. And, you know, I didn't always fit in just like he didn't always fit in in school. And, you know, like we had a lot in common. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's like, yeah, Kobe's just kind of a dickhead. Like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, hey, we Phil Jackson's like, hey, Kobe, pass the fucking ball sometimes. And Rick Fox is like, hey, Kobe, like, I know we're cool, but pass the fucking ball sometimes. And Shaq's like, I'm going to fucking murder you if you don't pass the ball. And guess what? Kobe just didn't fucking do it. Like, it, like everybody on that team was like, why is this guy such an asshole all the time? <laughs> like, everyone. And it's just like, god damn. Like, and that's... Fuck, how does a team win three championships like that? Like, how transcendent must the talent be that you have your second best player on the team is a dude that nobody fucking likes? Like, not even that they disagree with the way they play or get along. It's like, literally, everyone's just like, yeah, no. Like, he doesn't show up to team dinners. He, like, he's always by himself. They they had no idea he was even dating anyone by the time he got married. They were like, okay, and like it, my man's was just a just like a self isolated dickhead, 
And it's just like, man, I just can't believe that you win three titles like that. That's impressive. <laughs> like, and then I always thought Phil Jackson was possibly overrated because he had like Shaq and Kobe and Michael Jordan and, and Scottie Pippen. But after reading this, I'm like, yo, man, that man's a fucking trooper. <laughs> that is the goat. Especially, yeah, the ability to get it all together for them, and then also, like, I don't know if you've seen like the the shit from um, Pippin's book. Like he's also he, he's been like throwing everybody on the bus about how he hated everybody and everybody sucked and he fucking and how Jordan was an asshole about you know the last dance and he hated Horace Grant and all these people and and you go wow the fact that they even you know that they won six is kind of a but already a miracle even more so right right the fact the Lakers won three with those personalities is impressive you know the fact that you know we're seeing now you know with. You know, the, the Warriors won two, you know, with Durant. And even then, it's like th- that thing reached a boiling point, right? Right. Like, the fact that the Lakers won three with personalities that I would say are even more prickly than the Warriors had is just nothing short of, like, a kind of minor miracle. You know, winning three and then getting to four titles, right? Right. And they even mentioned that, like, one of the they, – they mentioned that, like, Shaq's biggest personality failing is that, like, he wants to be liked by everybody. And so, like, even just, like, and the thing is, is, like, he wants to be liked by everybody, but it's not like he, you know, what's the word? It's not like the way, like, a popular kid jeers another kid in high school and then gets the adoration of his peers, right? It's not even like that. Like, he, a new rookie's on the team. He's like, hey, I'm going to buy you your first suit. I'm going to help you get a, do you need a car? I can, I can, like, I'll buy a car for you. Like, I'll buy your parents a house. Like, like, mm-hmm. like he's, he's doing these tremendous acts of just like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, can you imagine being a rookie on the team in like your first season? You're not getting paid much because you're on a rookie contract. And it's just like, this dude's like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. Like, I'll just buy your car. I'll buy you like four tailored suits. That way you're, you don't look kind of bummy. And, and it's like, holy shit. And it's like the star of the team too. You know what I mean? It's not like just some journeyman that's been in the league for a mm-hmm. while that's helping you out. It's like the number one guy on the team. And they said like a lot of teams did rookie hazing and Shaq was like 100% against it. I was like, no, we don't do that here. Like we, you know what I mean? Like we're, we involve everybody. Like every, we're a part of a team here. And it's like the one person who was like, fuck all that was Kobe. Kobe was like, no, nah, I'm going <laughs> to just sit over here in my room. Like don't talk to me. Yeah. And it's just like, God damn, like, can you imagine me the guy that does all this stuff for everybody and is liked by everybody? And then just there's one guy that for no reason all the time is just like, hey, eat shit. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's just like the personalities are so different and so at odds with each other. It's not even that they're different that much, but like they just are separate. It's like they're different and like directly bump heads with each other. And it's just like, that's a fucking mess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I haven't finished it yet, um, but it's it's really good. Nice. So, uh, the big news here, though, mm-hmm. is is your boy's best album, uh, To Date, Yes, has turned 10. Yes. Yes. So, um, just like last year, we're going to do a track by track, an hour long. <laughs> All right, Tyler, we're going to keep going. I'm just kidding. No. So, it is, it is, uh, yeah. So, by the time you're hearing this, I think it'll be, I think it'll the 10th or the 12th but anyway the 15th is the 10th anniversary of take care which i uh, you know when it came out you go this is really good but then as it's aged over the last 10 years in my mind it's the like you know it it's his best album 
And mm-hmm. I think it's a classic, but I think it, it just like, like if a classic is kind of like, you know, on a scale of one zero to a hundred, a classic starts at 90. This is like a nine, like, you know, 89.455555555, right? Like right. it is just it's the, it's like the closest. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I do love it. And I, and I wanted to put it on here just to talk about it just like two minutes or whatever. Um, because I think it's an album that I sort of, like I said, in the moment, I was like, this is really good. You know, this is better than, I think, uh, Thank Me Later. It's like, it seems more um, concise. You know, everybody loved Marvin's Room when that came out. Um, but then now, as the years have gone by, it's kind of one of those where, like, uh, I'll listen to it and be like, wow, that was, you know, this is like, it just it changes every time I listen to it. Kind of like watching an old movie. Right. And every time an album of his comes out, like, views comes out and i'm like wow this is cool but it's no take care and then i'll just go back and listen to take care and be like yeah this is that really good shit and i love views and then something like uh what scorpion comes out i'm like this is okay a couple of songs here or there right right but it's no take care and then you go god. and then you go back and listen to take care and you go god this is that good shit and even a couple weeks ago um we were sydney and i were hanging out here in the apartment and i think it was it, it was like not late at night, but it was like sort of like late-ish. And I just put it on because usually she has like music playing, but it's on shuffle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here, let's, I think we were cooking something or making something. I was like, here, I'm just going to put an album. We'll leave it, let it play. That way it's easy. And I was like, let me just do Take Care or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you play it. And then by the time it ends, I, you know, we, the both of us are like, that's really fucking good. That is just a great album. Great memories. Like, you know, fully on board back then with Drake. Now not so much. It's like, this is that. That chef's kiss. So I just wanted to take a moment um, in case anybody who's listening is, is you know, a big Take Care fan um, and, and wants to, you know, reminisce with us and, and give it a listen. Um, I think, like I said, on the 15th, just because it's, you know, um, you know, 10, 10 years is a it's a big, uh, it's a big, big step. Right. Um, and man, I just uh, I am a uh, noted um What's the opposite of aficionado? What's a hater? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a known um, naysayer uh, of Drake uh-huh. and most of his shit. And, mm-hmm. and even with that being said, though, like as we've talked about, I've I've always acknowledged that, like, man, he has this weird capability of just like making hit after hit after hit after hit, like taking over every summer. There's a Drake single that's like clearly the song. And then mm-hmm. just, like, the albums are never, like, there, right? Like, we talked about yeah. it's, like, kind of the opposite of the Kanye thing for us. Where it's, like, you know, sometimes, like, these Kanye albums, they don't, they kind of come out of nowhere. And, you know, I mean, it's not the case with, like, maybe the first three albums or first four. But, like, you know, once it's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and, and A Life of Pablo, Yeezus, like, there's no real, like, big song. It's just like yeah. the whole album as a whole just really pulls together extremely strongly, right? Right. And Drake's right. the opposite of that, which is like he can he he can have recent albums where it's just like oh, there's like four or five bangers on here, and but it's like the whole the album as a whole just doesn't feel good, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just like kind of just waiting to get from song to song. But um, to that point, I do think Take Care. Um, as few times as I've listened to a lot of his albums, like. I do think Take Care is clearly the closest he's ever gotten to, like, being like, this is, th- this is, like, my album, and this is the, the project that I've created, right? Yes. Whereas, as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, Take Care feels like a project as opposed to a playlist, 
which I feel like right. some of his albums are kind of, um, they fall more in the playlist category, right? It's like you just kind of made a bunch of songs yeah. and threw them on there. But like Take Care seems like he really like nurtured like his sound and came up with exactly what he wanted it to be, how he wanted it to feel. Um, yeah. That's definitely the closest he ever got to that. And to that extent, I also would say that most, if I look at any of his albums, this is going to be the album that I know the most songs off of. Like off the top of my head, I actually know Shot For Me. I know Headlines, yeah. Crew Love. I actually don't know if I can tell you what Take Care sounds like off the top of my head. Marvin's Room, Underground yeah. Things I Know, mm-hmm. um, Make Me Proud I Know. Lord knows that's Rick Ross on there, right? Yes, I actually that, that's just Blaze Beat. I don't know that. Like, I I know it's a like a goat Rick Ross verse just from everybody talking about it, but I don't yeah. think I know that song. Um, and then, uh, Hell Yeah, Fucking Right, The Motto, which I don't feel like was on the original. I feel like that might be no. like a deluxe. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, like that's that's the largest collection of Drake songs on any one album I could ever name. And the thing is, yeah. is those are not all giant radio hits, right? Like, right, right. It's this weird thing where like some of them are on the radio a lot just because like I don't know. It's the difference between a a pre album single and a post album single to me. Like those, mm-hmm. they have different feels, right? Um, right. But like a lot of these songs, I I know, even though they're on the radio, it's like there's still deep cuts of the album, right? Like it, right. Unless you're talking about probably headlines, Marvin's room and the motto, like the rest of those are kind of album deep cuts that just got popular enough to be on the radio. Right. Right. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, like crew love, right? Because I don't think I ever heard that one on, um, the radio, but it just, you know, it just, hell yeah. Fucking right. It's the same thing. Like, I I don't feel like that became popular until, or I don't, it definitely wasn't released before the album. I'm like a hundred percent sure of that. I say 100%. I, I should tone that down. I'm like 85% sure of that. But like, yeah. I heard that shit on the radio like a week ago. And it's like, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a fucking good song. And I think that's, this is the tightest collection of songs that Drake has ever put together in an album. Um, I, I, is it, I'm trying to think how to explain this. Um, I would say it's a classic. Now, like, am I gonna put the like, Tyler Cribbs classic stamp of approval. Like, probably not. It's just not my yeah. thing. But uh, I can still also recognize its place and then recognize that, like, especially if we're talking about, like, the most popular artist over the last 15 years, probably. Yeah. Like, I would say, because, let's see, it's 20, it's 2021, it's almost over. Um,. By 2011, when we graduated high school, he was already popular. I would say probably yeah. right around, like, middle school. Was it, like, our, our middle school, like, 7th or 8th grade is when it started popping off, right? Like, Drake. Wait, him? Yeah, Drake, Drake getting, like, super popular. I would say probably, like, no, nah, probably, like, mid-high school. You think? I, I, well, I, I, feel, like, me. I, I feel like Forever by Drake came out when I was that in was high school. Too- 2009 yeah so yeah like mid-high school like sophomore year high school oh, okay. yeah i guess you're right okay so anyways high school so i'd say for the last 13 years probably he's been like the most popular artist and, yeah. and so you know if i'm looking at someone that has been like the most popular guy for 13 years straight like if i'm gonna have to give one of his albums a classic like it's definitely this one and i do yes. think this is close enough that i would call it a classic it's just not really and i, I like all those songs i named 
But like, yeah. it's just not the sound I would go for uh, naturally. But um, right. yeah, and like I said, you know, that's why I wanted to be like, it's a classic, but it's like it's like skims by, just like yeah, right, like just belly slides right in. Right. Exactly. Like it's it's barely making it in. Um, right. Right. He's just barely beating the tag at home to make the home run. But uh, like exactly, it's, it's, exactly. But I. But the point is that he has one. It's just like right there. Right. And um, man, that's just so nuts to me. Like I know we've talked about it multiple times. It's just like God damn. Like my man just can make so many good songs and not put together a fucking album. It's just yeah. the wildest thing. Um, my man put those fucking emojis on the cover. Somebody oh. get this man some help. Um. <laughs> like you said, ever since ever since they started clowning him for that Ghost Rider, shit went downhill because he started trying to do shit himself. Exactly, um, it's like Drake, just fucking get whoever was writing your shit, just get them back, right? Because I'll listen to like zero to a hundred, right? And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. This sounds so good. His lyrics are so great. The bars just don't stop. You know, don't point intended, but but I, they smell in defeat in the air. Like boom, right. you know, because the seams are split. Good. And then somebody was like, hey, you didn't write that. And he's like, oh, oh I can write that. Uh. And I'm like, dude, no. Who gives a shit? Fucking right. get him back. I I'm trying to think. Like, is there? Boy, what's the last song that's really felt like a just absolute Drake banger? Because the problem is, is that like, man, one dance doesn't sound like a Drake song to me. I understand it's a Drake song. I understand he killed it that summer. But like, if you're trying to be like, what? Again, this is like a part of my problem with the guy. What? What is a? What does a Drake song sound like? What does a Drake song sound like? I don't even know if I said that right the, the last time. one. The last but one like, that I could say like that's like that good. Like boom. I would say that it's like, you know, peak, that it sounds like, like him, that doesn't like sound probably trophies, God's plan. Okay. Yeah, and even that, though, had some stuff before it that yeah. didn't really sound like him, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like this weird thing where, like, all of a sudden, I feel like I feel like his first, like, what's his third album? Do you know off the top uh, of your head? Nothing was the same. All right, his fourth album? Uh, It's uh, Views. No, okay, no, I, no, no, no. If you're reading this, it's too late. All right. Nothing was the same in back. Like, everything on Nothing was the same, and everything before that, to me, sounds like the same guy. Like, the same guy came up with this, like, he chose the beats. He did, like, and it was all like, this is his sound, right? Like, you're like, oh, yeah, there you go. Like, all that, to me, screams Drake. And I feel like a lot of the stuff afterwards just kind of seems like he's just out here, like, he's just sw- throwing shit at the wall. And, like, because he's talented, all of it's sticking. You know what I mean? But it's, like, it's not, like, him to me. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't... I don't know. It, it, there's no, like, natural progression, right? Like, we can... Jay-Z now is not Jay-Z fucking reasonable doubt. But, like, you can see a clear line and be like, Ah, yes, I see how this has happened and, like, how we're here now. Whereas Jake shit's, like, or Drake shit's, like, all over the place, right? Like, it, trying to map what Drake sounds like is, like, the fucking... Uh, Charlie Day, always sunny, fucking conspiracy board. We're like, yeah, no, see, over here he was doing the Jamaican thing, <laughs> and then he was Houston, and then for uh-huh. a while he like went super hard into Canadian territory, like really mm-hmm. aggressively, and then he came back. There was like one song on an album where he sounded British. I don't even remember what that song is. I just remember clowning it, and then and like now we're just kind of over here, and I don't really know what the fuck we're doing. And so like I just feel like those first three albums, you get like a very distinct like ah yes, those are the same, and yes. so like. I just feel like, man, if Drake if if Drake would have never got called out, his whole career would have sounded like that. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and or, or at least not that, but there would have been a more natural progression of like, ah, yes, this is like. We can see like Drake got older and more refined, and so he right. started talking shit about this less, but started talking about rich paintings more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, I I feel like that's why his first three albums and his first one a little less. But his first three albums, uh, nothing was the same in Take Care, I think, are his most solid albums because it's the most, like, true to himself. So he just kind of did what he thought would sound right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. I totally agree. And 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 as much yeah. And I love views, and I I do have a soft spot for more life. I think more life is the last one from 2017 where I'm just like this is an album that I can play again and again. It might not be like amazing, but I at least play it. And then like from then on is where I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. Like I still like you, but some of these are just like, you know, iffy. Like right. Like more life. Not more life. Uh, Scorpion. I'm like, eh. some of these are good. Some of these I'm just like, all right, skip. They're not bad. But I'm just like, uh, okay, this is... Uh, and then the Certified Lover Boy, I'm just like, uh, okay, right? Um, and then maybe I'm like... And then I'm, sometimes I'm like, well, maybe I'm just getting older, right? Like, maybe it's, it's not the same. But then I listen to, like, old songs, and I'm like, no, but there's, like, the lyrics are just, like, better? And, like, everything just sounds better, right? Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. Man, like, in... Like... Him doing an album with Future was just such a weird choice, right? Yeah. Like, Although I, I do like that album, though. I do. Oh, I yeah. Do. I, I'm sure there are people that do, but it's just like, again, if we're talking about, like, the first three albums or, or you know, even part of Use maybe being, like, his distinct sound, like, that doesn't really mix. <laughs> yeah. Like, what you were doing here doesn't really, in no point in time when I listened to those albums, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm waiting for him and fucking Future to drop an album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Like, it, it's always funny you can, like, the album pairings that make sense, right? Like, Jay-Z, Kanye, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, what's what I'm looking for here? The often uh, anticipated or the one that's, like, dangled in front of your eyes the most, which is, like, the J. Cole and Kendrick album, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll never materialize. No, and that's, then, just, that's been going on since, like, 2012, yeah. Bruno Mars and... Uh, Anderson Pock was like kind of weird, but then the like, like I don't know that I ever put those two together. But the moment I heard they were coming together, I was like, hmm, I think I see it. You know what I mean? Like I, I like, mm-hmm. whereas like the Drake and Future one, it just I, and it's just got the signature Drake. Like oh, Future's real popular. Let's just jump on those. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, ah, I bet I bet people would love this, <laughs> and they did. But fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, man. Uh. But going back to Take Care, 10 years, clearly his most cohesive, his best album, even yeah. in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, uh, go listen to it in celebration of 10 years. Yeah, give of, it a listen, yeah. Of that yeah. Album. Um, I probably will. I I think I listen to maybe two tracks off Certified Lover Boy. I'm, I'm going to go listen to this full <laughs> fucking album um, just to catch right. the ones that I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, the last thing we'll talk about very quickly, right? We're going to, we're just going to fire through these, I think. Well, I I was going to say, I was like, is there one that you want to talk about specifically that you're like, this one has the most on it? I think, I mean, for me, the Rogers one, I think is funny. So I I think that one would be a good one. Yeah. If you want just that one. Uh, sure. I mean, we can briefly mention the others, which is that Henry Ruggs was bugging 156 miles an hour in a Corvette drunk. Killed a person. Um, what yeah. are you doing? 
Like, yeah, like, just, just like yeah, and and it's it's like another case where it's like you know these guys are so rich. Like, how do they not have like somebody driving them, right? Like, or right. somebody, or I don't know. I mean, maybe he. I mean, I know he's a rookie stuff, but like literally, if I was a, if I was a rookie, I'd be like, all right, let me hire a driver, pay him hundred bucks a night, maybe, right? Just here's to pick me thing. up and drop me off. That's it. Well, here's the thing too: is that like, even if you're the guy that like. I can see not wanting to have a driver if you think if you're a guy that thinks cars are legitimately cool and you you know what I mean you're like ah oh, I have a Corvette I want to fucking drive it I have a Lamborghini I want to drive it because I think Lamborghinis are actually cool I'm not just buying it because it costs a lot of money right. like if you're that person but still just have a guy with you so when if you decide to go get fucked up somewhere you know what I mean be like all right well you know I drove here but I can pay you could probably ask you could literally. Wherever he's at, just be like, "Hey, I'm drunk. I need a DD. I'm willing to pay fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, and a picture. You know, or not even a picture, yeah. but like, I I can sign something for you and give you fifty bucks. Just can you take me home? There's no way you can't find a sober person in that bar. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. It's like somebody will take that offer. Like somebody will <laughs> right. get you home safely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Right. If you just found a fucking Raiders fan, like be like. Fucking, uh, I'll just ride with you home. He'd be like, ah, oh, this is fucking great. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. Uh, what's the Odell Beckham Jr. thing? Uh, his dad? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., he hasn't really been as productive as the Browns have wanted him the last, I think, three years now. I think he was right. out. I think he tore his ACL last year, and then this year he just hasn't been there at all. Um, and so then there have been rumblings about him not being happy, and then I think right before Tuesday's trade deadline, deadline, his dad was like, you know, look at my all the times my son is open. He like posted a video that somebody else made and was like, you know, look at this, and it sort of got a little viral. You know, people got got people buzzing, and then they didn't trade him. And then yeah. literally the day after, Kevin Stefanski, the coach for the Browns, was like, yeah, Odell's not on. He's pretty much not on the team. Like he's home. We're he asking like showed him to up stay to away. practice, but they were like. You're not doing anything today, so you can go yeah, home. Yeah, so just, like, go home. And now he's pretty much not part of the team anymore. But it's the most Browns thing for this to happen literally a day, one single day after the tread deadline. Like, they could have gotten anything for him, right? Because, you know, the NFL, it's like a thing. It's like a place that's like, as long as you can play, you'll get your chances, right? People will give a shit about you, you know. Randy Gregory, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, these people keep flunking out of the league and they keep coming back because as long as the talent is there, people will, you know, let you play. Henry uh, Henry Ruggs, in like three or four years, whenever he gets out of jail or whatever, if he still has like even half of the speed he had now, people will take a chance on him, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Vic, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. I think th that's how Odell is. Where like there would have been a market for him to get traded, and they just blew it. So now you have this guy who I think they're paying a lot of money to because that's what you know the, it's from the, the Giants contract, um, and he's just at home just chilling. And now he, unless they like release him, he can sign with another team. But it's like now they're not going to get anything for him. So it just makes so they're just going to hold on to him and then trade him in the off season, right? Yeah. So like. It, when they could have traded him now for somebody to help back. out, yeah, exactly like another wide receiver or maybe a running back to help out, or you know trade him and Baker and get somebody who's actually yeah, good. Get a good um, um, yeah, it's funny because uh, Nick Wright, I saw on Twitter, he's like, "Look, Odell's dad reposted this. He's like, I understand that this is clearly propaganda, right? Like this is mm -hmm. clearly meant to make his son look better. He's like, but I'm gonna tell you, 
It worked. Because, right, like, because you can only... He's like, like, if I, it worked, because I could watch him wide-ass open on so many of these plays and just yeah. not get the ball even thrown in his direction. I watched, yeah, I watched some of it, and I was like, I watched, like I think, like, two minutes of it. And some of those, I was like, you know what, man? I mean, I ain't gonna got me. And then I looked, <laughs> saw it, I was like, there are nine minutes left of this? Yeah, okay, yeah, this dude is being misused. All right, his dad is right, man, because, like... It'd yeah. be one thing if I like watch two minutes and it's like, oh, only ninety seconds. Oh, then it must be like the same, like three or four. But when there's nine minutes left, it's like, all right, there's only <laughs> there's so many replays of, of this. Clearly, exactly, exactly. For a guy that should probably be the best receiver on your team, right? Exactly. And in half of me, it's like, and sometimes, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Well, sometimes players don't click, right? You bring in a quarterback, it doesn't work. But if you're trying to build a team around somebody who's supposed to be quote the guy. You want him to be good enough to throw to the best wide receiver that you have, right? Right. Like, even, see, the thing is, like, there's a, there's this weird thing, like, this way, this way, like, Dez was our best receiver, but, like, Dez also, at a certain point, like, kind of realized, like, hey, he can't really get separation, and, like, he can't really, like, he can't seem to ever really get open. Like, he can grab over people, but, like, boy, it's a lot of work to try and place this ball in the right spot where only he can grab it because he's not yeah. getting away from guys. So you're like, all right, let's just go for whoever's open. But at some point, if you're fucking Odell and you're getting, you're just fucking dusting guys and getting wide ass open, and your guy's not throwing it to you, it's like, fuck, eat shit. Like, uh, what am I? What do you want me to do? <laughs> right. Like, I'm your best receiver, and I'm actually getting open. It's not like they're doubling me every play, and I just can't break the double. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. literally getting wide ass open. Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's that. Odell Beckham yeah, exactly. Jr. is now a hostage in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> and Cleveland! The last, and then the last thing, of course, is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> being just like an absolute scumbag and also just like, I don't know. It's just the dumbest shit ever. Right? Yes. yes. And so, yeah, so he got COVID. And then they were like, well, he's out for like 10 days. And people were like, hmm, 10 days? Why? Wasn't he vaccinated? And people were like, nope, he wasn't vaccinated. He um, he lied about that. Well, no, he, well, so they were like, so have you taken the vaccine? And he was like, yep, I am immune, uh, immunized. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I mean, hmm. Very, the, very clever wordplay there, Aaron. The the crazy thing is that uh, I saw, um, well, the mentally hilarious thing that I saw was uh, <laughs> mm. they said, um, that they denied him alternative treatment, like, what is it? It's like, basically, he's like, "What if I just do something else instead of getting vaccinated, but it also works?" And they're like, "They were like, no, that's not how. Like, no, the vaccine works. Like, why are you doing? Like, you're you're doing a whole lot right now, and no, and so like." The fact that they denied his request to get an alternate thing done other than the vaccine, the fact that they denied it and then just didn't do any double checking on the back end to make sure when he was like, yeah, no, I was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's like, hey, man, like, uh, is it okay if I, like, you know, steal this money? And they're like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he just disappears. And he's like, like, I'd like to make a withdrawal. <laughs> and he's like, well, you didn't. Did you? Are you selling? Right, like that. It's so bizarre to me. Right. That, that, hey, because you sell thing. this beer to me, even though I'm only 19. It's like, no, you have to be 21. And he's like, well, it's a good thing I'm 21. And hands you his ID that's clearly faked. Right? He's like, right. Can I just choose to not get vaccinated? No. Well, it's a good thing I'm vaccinated. Then. Uh, yeah, it's like I, it's just so bizarre to me that nobody, like you said, nobody followed up. Nobody was like, 
hey, that's weird. You didn't, uh, you didn't ever, like, give us your vaccine card. And you, like, came up with this quack fucking excuse for it. Hmm, interesting. Right. And and nobody caught anything, and he's just been out here walking sidelines, just, like, and that's not following thing, right? protocols, right? <laughs> right, right. He was just an asshole walking around being, like, knowing that he wasn't vaccinated, just, you know, and then seeing other people with masks who are also unvaccinated, but at least, you know, they, they follow under the different rules, and just being like, nah, fuck it. Who cares, right? Right. And I can, I can. He's like, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I do what I want. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Like my dick, right? The 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 South Park episode with Cartman is like, I'm Tom Brady. Fuck the rules. I make the rules. (laughs) (laughs) That was Aaron Rodgers in real life, right? And and I feel so. I don't. I get why the Packers didn't stress on it too much, right? Because he was literally about to leave him, right? So they're like, please, baby, don't leave. I'll I'll let you kiss bitches at the bar. <laughs> like, I don't care, right? So they're you willing to do anything. Don't leave, please, <laughs> right? So that I get, right? They just look the other way. It's right. fucked up, but I it, it makes sense in my mind, right? But not the NFL, right? Because right. they wanted, they were so strict. They're like, these rules, if you fucking forfeit a team, the team's going to forfeit and it's going to be a loss. Like, they're just like fed up, right? So the fact that nobody was like, hey, this guy asked us about the quack and then we never got his card. What's up with that? And then we see him without a mask. Hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like when you try and have a rule in place, right? And you're trying to like help enforce this rule and your boss is like, just doesn't give a shit, and it's like, well, then I can't really do anything with this. Like, like we both understand this is a rule, right? The Green Bay Packers and the NFL are like, we understand this is a rule, right? And they're like, yeah, and it's like, well, we don't want to be the bad guy to, to Aaron Rodgers here because he's going to fucking leave. But, like, you put this rule in place, guy at the top, NFL, Roger Goodell. So yeah. do you want to say something to him? And they were just like, nah, we're good. He said he, he <laughs> like he said uh, he was immunized, so, um, yeah, we're good. Yeah. And the yeah. Green Bay Packers are like, ah, help. <laughs> I mean, it seems like yeah, both of them were just like that fucking uh, SpongeBob Squidward meme where he's like, "Hmm, y'all hear something?" It's like that's what that's all it was. It's right? Just like they just like, hmm, just kept moving it. But yeah, I just thought I, I was cracking up at the jokes today because they were all like fucking just making fun of him for just straight up lying. Right. Like, and the fact that they were like immunized. Why would you say immunized and not vaccinated? That's weird, right? <laughs> right. But why would why would he say that, right? Why wouldn't he just say, oh, are you vaccinated? Be like, oh, no, you know, it's a personal choice, guys. I'm invoking HIPAA or whatever the fuck <laughs> I want to be a voice for the voiceless. <laughs> be a voice for Me yeah, and Kyrie. You know what's funny, though, is that him just lying about it and then continuing to, to play, he, he was just as much a voice for the voiceless as Kyrie. Exactly. Which is just be a guy that didn't say shit. Didn't right. speak up for anybody. He just decided he wasn't doing it. Yeah, now his dumb ass is going to have to sit out for a week. And good, fuck him. I hope they lose. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully um, it's more than just one week. Yeah, hopefully they'll you know, cut a couple losses in there. Number two seed. fuck. The end, Can they take I, away a Super Bowl like they did? Like they <laughs> took away the from Reggie Bush? <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, I, I was. I mean, I know they're fucked up, but I was cracking up at his at the family jokes. Those were so. I so I actually, like, I saw those, but like, what yeah. is the what is the context for those? I feel like I missed something. So apparently, him and his family are just like estranged. Like he doesn't talk to any of oh, them. Shit. He fucking hates all of them. He hates okay. his brother. He hates his parents. So he doesn't. I think his parents send him a gift, and he like sent it back or something. Oh, fuck. And so then, so that's like that. And so there was a tweet. I think what did it say? It's like. Uh, Aaron Rodgers heard that the vaccine could help your family and he wanted no part of it. Or he wanted to protect... Yeah, Rodgers heard the vaccine could help protect his family and he wanted no part of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, amazing. 
Oh, boy. All right. Well, yeah. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Um, Odell's trapped in Cleveland, and Henry Ruggs is out here wilding in a fucking Corvette. Yeah. Um. So that's the NFL this week, right? Yes. I yeah. Like I mean, was, it, there, it, was there anything else? I feel like there was a fourth thing. Oh, fucking Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, who I spent a draft pick on, stashed on my bench for fucking eight weeks. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, actually, certainly. Actually, my ankle. Great. Yeah. Actually, and my, I saw uh, him out this season. I'm like, fuck you, dog. <laughs> I just got 19 million dollars for free. Mm, yeah, thank you. Eat shit, bud. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So now I gotta find a backup wide receiver for a guy that I got zero points out of. Like, through eight weeks, I got zero points out of him. It's like, oh, and by the way, you will continue to get zero points out of him. Just go ahead and drop it. <laughs> Fucking dick. Uh-huh. All right, guys. the world we live in. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that's the episode for the week. Um, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at Team Money Bags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. If you want to catch the podcast, you can catch it at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can email us directly, differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll get the fuck out of here. Later. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.